Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a quick GDP Minute. Listen, man, I'm going to make this one quick because I am starving. I've been fasted like an absolute maniac, and we just ran an episode live from Chain Evolution in Waltham. It's a store owned by Audrey and Mike, and it's one of the best experiences, customer service experiences I've had in a very long time. Obviously, I'm pretty fascinated by supplements and nutrition, so that kind of draw, drew me to the place in the first place, but their story about how they built the business is insane. I totally recommend, and this is a free plug, they're not paying me anything, I promise. I totally recommend anybody who is trying to either change their body get into supplements, get a scan done, go to Chained Evolution. The place is spectacular and the way they deliver information to you is totally transparent. Mike and Audrey built this business on the heels of their house burning down. That is madness. I mean, what a hustler. They were initially going to build it a little bit earlier, but because their house burned down, they had to kind of Everything had to take like the back seat. Nonetheless, we talked a lot about nutrition. They're super fascinating people. And um, I really hope you guys enjoy. This is the definition in my eyes of just like real grind, real hustle. <clears throat> and I really hope you guys enjoy it. I loved running it. Go there to get your body fat percentage scan done. They won't make you feel bad about yourself if you're big. And get started there, man. They're like totally. They want to get people better. So if you're trying to get started, get started there. Totally recommend it. I'm going to start a new supplement stack over there as well. And it's on Main Street in Waltham, 502 Main Street, I believe. So shouts out to them. And if you want to see us run it live in the store with a cool aesthetic with all the supplements in the background, peep the YouTube version. And I just want to say I haven't been saying it enough, but dude, if you get any sort of value from this episode, just share it with a friend. Just share the podcast with a friend. That's all we ask. We're growing very organically. It's a lot of word to mouth. You know it's Big Bochy over here. You know I'm going to hustle. Just share it with a friend if you enjoy it. And shouts out to Lexi. Surprisingly, Lexi and I hadn't seen each other in person in like three months because she was down in Maryland. But now she's back up in the city and uh, she was there running it live with me. So I was very grateful for that. Thank you, Lexi, and I hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Hi, this is Audrey from Chained Evolution. Hi, this is Michael Centaro at Chained Evolution. And this is my golden hour. This is my golden hour. And just like that, we made it happen. Nice. nice. Let's go. Let's roll, Let's man. Talk about we it. We have been running our podcast via zoom now for lexi how long at least like four when did the march. quarantine start march yeah about march yeah. yeah and i've been missing the chaos <laughs> and i was just thinking like a couple of weeks back when i had reached out initially i was like where would be like a really cool place to run an episode and where would be an awesome place like one of my favorite stores ever and so now we're here man that's cool man awesome. yeah i am so pumped that I found this store. I felt like my entire supplement and nutrition journey, I just felt lonely. <laughs> and now I know you guys and I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. 
And there's a whole group of us, too. I know. There's like an army. There's an army of like minded psychos. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's what we are. Um, (laughs) Before we move on, can you just, can you guys give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do and where we are? Cool. Cool. And like really hug the mic. Yeah, sure. So my name's Audrey Wong, and I am a co founder and owner of Chain Devolution. Um, Did you want me to talk about the business? Yeah, for sure. And who are you? So I'm Michael Centaro, and I'm the other co-founder and owner of Chain Devolution. Yeah. So together we came up with this, pretty much what I would like to say, a complete 360 degree of all things fitness and health related. So it doesn't matter who you are, what your goals are, how old you are. We have everything housed in one place to help anybody that is looking to better their life. So, Lexi, can you pick up the, the gain in logic? You just, you, yeah, you just drag it up just so we can get both of them. Cool. Um, okay. And so where are we currently, like address-wise, just so when anybody listens to this, they know to come here? Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. So we're located at 502 Main Street in Waltham, Massachusetts. And that's literally right on Main Street, across the street from you can KFC. Say it. It's across the street from <laughs> KFC, man. You can't miss us. I know. I, I'm surprised. Do you guys ever get any like guilty people who, like just snag fried chicken? They're no. like, I really got to get my life together. They yeah. come in here, get the scan done. I wanted to put a big flag outside and said, trade your KFC in for a healthy meal. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, great people idea. walked in, but or, no. Or just put like a, a big banner that just says fat ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Come yeah. here. <laughs> um, so how long have you guys been here? And Audrey, can you just kind of give a a little bit of a background of why you started the business yeah sure so we're we've been here about three years now yep. uh, started in 2017 uh, started the business based on um, to be completely truthful it was just I was fed up with things personally watching um, my family and my friends family their health go down and be blinded by a lot of the things that they don't realize that they're putting in their body a lot of the different programs that I would try to get my family put into the wasted money um, and just it was just time for me to just in a sense take action and create something that would actually really help people and not just something that was temporary now was it was it your dad who was sick yes so I had to um, experience my father go through multiple heart attacks and then when he I finally um, when we finally lost him out of um, without knowing like it was really tough for me but throughout that time it was an ongoing battle um, trying to help my sister trying to help my father and so I was very passionate about um, making sure that whatever we did was going to be very knowledge-based and that we helped people and it wasn't something about making money but it was really about helping share that knowledge and get people to know what they need to do to get healthy and now, growing up in your household, um, you said your sister was also kind of dealing with some health problems. Why didn't you kind of catch the bad habits? Like, why were you always the one that was kind of focused on nutrition and health? Um, I think experience, experiencing my father in third grade go through the heart attack was really hard for me. Scary. And yeah, it was really scary. And at that point, I, you know, we grew up at McDonald's, Burger King, fast food, sodas, buying all that cheap, you know, ramen noodles and things like that. But at the time, it was amazing, though, It right? sure was. <laughs> Still is sometimes. I know. <laughs> but um, it was hard. My sister was 
pretty close to my father at a young age. So she jumped into all those bad habits that he did. So it was a lot of um, sodas, chips, and those kinds of things where I started to kind of make the decision like, oh, I don't think I want to eat like those kinds of foods and drink those kinds of sodas and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to make somewhat of a change at that point. So you were that young, you knew you were into health and wellness. I did. Like there was a lot of things and that I watched my parents and I said, you know what, I'm going to do this differently. So I saw my mom working hard and I said, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to do better. <laughs> saw my dad go one way. So. And was it just nutrition at the time you were kind of inspired by or was it mostly fitness like um, just because where we are it's just such a it's an eclectic mix of both and there aren't many places or retail stores that are like this so I'm just wondering kind of where you get the holistic approach from yeah I mean in terms of how we approach the fitness well, yeah you guys are like listen we're gonna get you fit from top to bottom we're not gonna skip any steps yeah. So what one thing I did notice was everybody has a different goal. Like my goal was different from my sister's goal, my friend's goal. So for us, it was extremely important to create something that would help everybody. And that's why we actually have those two machines that allows us to understand what one specific person's goals are and what they need to do. So that it's very individualized. And for us, that is, you would agree, right, was yeah. the big thing. Was in the terms. big thing is just to make it individualized for each person because everyone's body's different everyone's body's different like not everybody's the same so you know like Audrey said we experience different things personally um for me my biggest thing was watching other people take advice from some people that maybe didn't know what they were doing a lot of things were like youtubers or well not youtubers actually people that hired personal trainers and the trainers didn't give them dedicated attention or you know proper form or anything like that so you know how, we so talked. how old were you when you had started training I was probably 10, I think, when I started doing push-ups and stuff. I mean, I, 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 played ho- I played hockey my whole life. Like, I was into sports. Where are you from? Uh, Cambridge, originally. Uh, whereabouts? Uh, Cambridge Port, right on a... The port. Yeah, right across from the BU Bridge. There's a, a field there. It's, I don't know if it's still Lindstrom Field, but it was Lindstrom Field when I was there. I lived right across the street. Oh, they had that little the, workout park there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like right across the street. Did from you that. grow up going to that little workout park? No, I'm 46, man. That wasn't there. Oh, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a baseball field and a basketball court. Even the playground next to the school was wasn't there. That stuff all happened. What's the name of that school right there? It used to be called the Morris, so I'm assuming it would be the same. Yeah, still the Morris. Yeah. That Starbucks there off Memorial Drive. Yeah, it used to be a strawberries. That with strawberries. <laughs> it, it used to sell cassettes. Really? Remember cassettes? I yeah, I used to go there and buy cassettes. Oh really? Yeah. Was it, a furniture store there still? No. No. That I'm trying to remember what was next door. I I it was always oh, a I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was a strawberries and some. Micro Center's been there forever though, right? It used to be a stop and shop. It was my okay. first job. I used to bag groceries there. Then they had a fire. Then Micro Center came in. You weren't bagging <laughs> yeah, but, groceries, man. You were curling the groceries. Yeah, I was curling bags. the groceries. And, <laughs> Like, give me more, yeah. please. And even the um, the health food store. What is that? A Trader Joe? What's there? Trader yeah. Joe's. It's a Trader Joe's, right? It used to be a um, a Medimart, which is now Walgreens. And Medimart. A Medimart, yeah. And damn, I'm dating myself, yeah. and I can't believe I remember those things. <laughs> well, everyone knows that Trader Joe's for that that amazing mural on the side of it. Yeah. You know, with all the faces. Yep. But funny story, that Starbucks there was like. When I left college, that was technically my first office. Oh, wow. I just nice. parked there for like seven months. I would 
only edit the podcast in that Starbucks, nice. and they're like, "Dude, like, can you start paying rent here?" Like, <laughs> right, you can't pay rent I for the GDP booth. stickers on the walls and stuff. <laughs> they're like, dude, you are so. That's where I interviewed you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um. So, when did you two meet? Um. Probably we, we met. I was actually in high school. Yeah, he worked Audrey with my was, stepfather. Yeah, so I was a mechanic at the Shell station, which is still there. Um, and she came in to do something, had Donnie, which is her stepdad, which is like one of my best friends, look at something on her car. And I wasn't dating anyone. So when she got on, I'm like, oh, hello. So I had asked him. He's like, no, you have to wait. She's only 17. So he made me wait like three years. But that's where we originally met. And then we were both single at one point. Um, sadly enough, I was laid off from work, so I couldn't call her. I didn't have a job, so I can't call a girl that I want to take out with no money and no job. Yeah. So I went and got a job, and then I wound up calling her, and she was dating someone. So we were friends for a while. Yeah, so for I'll be year. honest, I had no clue you guys were dating. Yeah. I literally uh, had no clue. Well, we ended up just, you know, we, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. We became, he introduced me to that next level of the fitness world, and because of that, we were able to kind of partner up, put our, you know, same passions together yeah. to open up this place, and now yeah, we're like, good friends and partners, and it yeah. it works. It just works that way. way yeah. let's, let's just do this. Let's just have you guys oh, hold up the mic so you can pass it off. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That'd be way easier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Just bring it back to you real quick. So, you were going to be you, right? I was. Mm-hmm. And so, when at what point? Were you like, all right, I, I want to try my hand at maybe opening my own business? Were you a personal trainer beforehand? or No, so I actually was not a personal trainer. I didn't go to school. Um, I actually hated school, so <laughs> I didn't. That makes two of us. <laughs> yeah. So I think I went to school when I was in my 30s, I want to say. So that's when I finally went back to school to BU. And um, because of that experience, I remember we had to put together a business plan. And I was already in the process of always writing a plan of what I wanted for a business, um, just personally, when I before I go to bed. So I was like, oh, this is great. My capstone project is a business plan. So, so what I, were you doing in your 20s? Working my butt off, like nonstop. <laughs> doing what? Uh, so I worked three jobs. I held um, dual careers throughout my life. So through, like in high school, I was working full time and then... You've always been a hustler. I have. And so when I listened to your podcast, it was very inspiring to me. It makes me realize that as an entrepreneur, you're not alone. There's people that they miss out on their childhood, the fun, the clubs, all that stuff. And when you look back, you kind of reminisce and say, gosh, I wish that I didn't. But at the same time, you think of all the great things that happened and help you get to where you are. And you're like, well, you know what? It's worth it, and you're still, you know. <laughs> Do you have regrets now about opening a business? I don't. I don't. Um, and the reason is because every single experience that I've had because of this business is what keeps me going. So a lot of people are always like, aren't you afraid of failure or that this business is going to close down and you just lost like over 100 or 200 grand worth of money that you put in? Um, for me, it really doesn't matter because I've gotten to meet amazing people customers like you guys you know and like those kinds of experiences and being able to help people even if it's just a few it's like well that was all worth it (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean like based on it I sometimes struggle with like 
I'm at an age now where my friends get smacked every weekend, right? They mm. they party every weekend. They go on trips every weekend. And I'm like, I sometimes even feel guilty if I'm out and I'm not being productive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. And so, like, when you look back on your 20s, are you ever like, you know what? I probably could have given myself a weekend or two. Yes, for sure. For sure. You know, it, it is kind of sad when I hear my friends talking about memories that I wasn't included in. But at the same time, that's where I've also changed that part of my life now, mm-hmm. where I make sure that I make that time. I don't yeah, want to miss- how do you guys balance? Like, how do you maintain balance between like business and the relationship? Between- It's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're here, you know, together all the time, and, and there's not a lot of times that we have, you know, free time to spend with each other, so you just spend time here. There's really no downtime when we're not here. We're thinking of something, you know, to do for the business or a new plan or something to launch or something to do. It's pretty much all focused on this right now. And then you think five, six years when it's, you know, sustainable and we don't have to. It was always going to be things to do. But when we kind of ease up on it, then you probably think about that's when you'd spend time together. We went into this knowing that it was going to be hard on our relationship because of the business. Like this has to be your sole focus. Your relationship has to take a back seat. You guys have to take a back seat. You have to do what's right for the business. And that's the hardest thing. And I know a lot of people that go into businesses, you know, in relationships with couples. And it's some of them break up and they never talk to each other again because they can't be around each well, other. Like we, it's tough to separate it. It is. And it's it's hard for us to separate it, too. But, you know, you find something that works for you and you stay with it. And then Like, I... You met Jack, my friend with the long hair, who was here. He looks like Aquaman, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's my best friend, but this it's a very strenuous process because we want to build so big in the city, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have these massive goals, and, like, it's been tough for us to just totally separate work with our friendship. friendship yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to, to separate the separate the two. I had a, um, a friend that owns a, a shisha lounge in brighton what is she show like it's hookah? a hookah, hookah. Yeah. so sorry you guys like spending time over there hitting no hookah? <laughs> he um he for a while here was buying meals from us to he was buying meals from us to put into his um his lounge and me and him sat down and i've known the kid since i was seven years old and he, we both looked at each and said business is business friendship is friendship it's got to be completely separate it was completely separate the whole time. He wound up not buying meals from us anymore and buying them from somewhere else because it made more sense for him. I don't care one bit. He's still mm-hmm. my best friend. Like, you can completely separate, you know, friendship and business. It's just really difficult to do. You have to be unique individuals. Set, set clear guidelines. Yeah, you got to set it up right at the beginning and say, hey, listen, we got to do what's right for our business. You, you have to do what's right for your business. None of that means we don't like each other or anything. It's just a business, you know, decision. It's not a friendship decision. And it's also knowing what who's what the strengths are between the two of us so he's good with numbers i'm good with one thing so it's also what are you good with terms um i'm good with pretty much putting the business together the operator pretty much just making sure things happen but you also need all those amazing people like charles and everybody to kind of throw those ideas out and have you to do all the accounting and the numbers and And the heavy lifting and the heavy yeah (laughs) let's go yeah well, I mean, to be honest, Lexi and I have been working together now for four months. Nice. But good stuff. she's good at, like, the organization. Yeah. And I'm Captain Scatterbrain, so I've been pumped to work with her. Oh, 
awesome. Yeah, so that's the good balance. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. That balance, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go, that's what you need. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Makes well, Lexi, I didn't even, if you want to just like shout, I didn't even give you a shout out. Who's yeah. producing today? Lexi Matthews. <laughs> A.K. Young Barbara Walters. Young Barbara Walters. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So when did you guys, you guys opened in 2018. When was the inception of the idea in your brain? When, what year was that? I would say 2000, probably 2014. So I'm sorry, no, 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2012. So it took you six years to get this thing open. Yes. Yeah. You're thinking about it. When were you seriously putting action into it to like, all right, listen, we're going to start a business? Um, definitely 2014 was when I knew 100% that it was time. So it took you four years. It did. Um, four years to scope out the competition, plan things. I was very strategic about how we approached it. Um, I kept putting myself in different scenarios, seeing how certain businesses failed, how certain businesses succeeded. So I wanted to make sure that I covered all of my bases and that I put myself in the position of, once I thought I had the business plan, I would kind of come in as a competitor of my own business and say, okay, what could I do to make or take over this business. And I just kept going and kept going. <laughs> but it also helped bouncing ideas off of Mike and my family members as well. How restless were you in like the four year period? Like, is this thing oh. ever gonna open? Yeah, it was tough. It was what, really What was tough. the biggest challenge? Was it just getting the money to do it or? Um, everything kind of fell into. Everything kind of just fell into place. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it's like, sometimes I feel like, you know, in a, spiritual way that everything was meant to be the way it was supposed to be. Um, We had a four family and it got completely burnt down. And had it not... You owned the house? Yes. So we had a four family um, that was a complete rental property. And You you guys were collecting rent? We were, yes. And it got um, completely burnt down in Waltham. How? uh, There there was a tenant that lit a cigarette out in the... um, Oh. Yeah, yeah we, had like so. a three, we had like a three-season patio off the back of the house because it overlooked the Charles mm-hmm. River, and they were out there and they had a cigarette and they thought they put it out and they didn't and it caught the the curtain on the patio and just like the, uh, like right out of a movie and the whole house went up. Yeah, it was like a were people in the house? No, there um, were there were oh, there were people were able to get out. Um, of course, all the animals didn't make it, and that was very tragic. Um, oh for God. some of the tenants and my sister happened to be um, a tenant in there my best friend so it was probably the hardest thing because they didn't even have a pair of underwear to wear they lost everything in that one fire including we lost almost a ton of our stuff and all of us and were. like your business <laughs> yeah it was it was really tough <laughs> wait so what was that like where were you when you got the call that your house was burning down uh, I was at work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was at work, too, and um, I got the phone call, and I obviously came to my cell phone. I didn't recognize the phone number, so I didn't answer it. But then when I called back, like, called back and listened to my voicemail, it was an officer from Waltham telling me that the house was on fire and oh. that I need to call them. So I called the number back, and I thought it was a joke. It was, like, a few days yeah, after like, April, like April Fool's, <laughs> you know, like, or before April Fool's. And um, they're like, no, it's not. So I had to drive from Woburn all the way back to to Waltham and you saw your house in flames I got there and I couldn't get down the street there it was a four or five alarm fire there were three different 
fire departments there fighting it. So there was and we trucks everywhere. We an amazing yeah. job. Like and none of them got hurt, which was the first and foremost thing we asked. Were any police officers injured? Were any of the firefighters injured? No one was injured. Everyone got out of the house. But it was it was really hard to watch something you worked for, you know, your whole life to buy, like burn to the ground in front of your eyes. Like oh. Kind of difficult. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. So... And when did you get the news? Um, I was so I was at work, and then I think um, he called me, and I and where was. Where were you working at the time? Uh, Boston Properties, and I was actually in a meeting, and I just looked at the phone. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> but you know, it was hard. You know, I yes, it was sad to see the house go down, but I think what hurt the most was the people that were impacted by it, and to see everything that we were going through and had. Like we, everything went upside down for us too. Like we were about to lose everything. Like we didn't even have money to buy like food. Like it was really bad because we couldn't, we didn't get rent. So we couldn't really, and we had just. What year is this? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. It was two years before we opened, right? Oh no, no. It was, I want to say. Yeah. 2015? Yeah, oh yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe 16. So you guys were going to plan on opening this up earlier, but then your house burned down. So it was more of like a plan, like hope, a hopeful plan. But it wasn't, we never had the money at that time. Right, that, so that was the biggest thing. Like yeah. The biggest challenge was like, we had thought about opening it before that, but we were trying to save money from, you know, the positive from the rent and the mortgage to open the business and then when that went down it's like okay great what do, what like what do we do now like what do we do now like we have no extra income and we're still going to have to pay a mortgage on a property that isn't giving us income so what are we going to do for we have to for cash over. flow yeah so basically you go back negative you're not even at square one you're below square one because now you're in the red like you have no no cash flow so how do you reset and build everything back up again oh i had no idea so did you guys after all of the like the hoopla of the house burning down had kind of subsided, did you guys like sit down and were like, "Listen, like we have to still open the business. We have to figure out a way to do this." Um, well, and I think we both kind of had different yeah, reasons so. or drives that told us to keep hanging on and keep going. Yeah. Like, I what mean, was that? I mean, for me, it was always my father and my sister. It was always and you know and people really. Like, I just wanted to make sure I did this for them. Like, it was always something that I just told myself, no matter what, something's going to open. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't Go ahead. It, it didn't stop us from wanting to open in the business. It just kind of pushed it back, obviously. And the biggest thing for us is, like, well, what are we going to do, you know, with the property, like the house? Like, that was the money that we were supposed to use to start the, start the business. So we flirted with, like, a couple different ideas with the property, and what we were going to do is we were going to conjure them and sell them and then take the money from that and open the business. It wanted too much to put us out, you know, cash flow wise. We just wound up selling the property and then taking that money and, and opening the business. So the business plan never left. It was just like, okay, now we have a huge obstacle of how we were saving money to and open a, and the business. And also it's like a mindset thing too. It's yeah. like you're so focused on being productive and getting stuff done. It's like, wait, no, stiff arm, your whole life has to stop. Yeah, everything that you just work for kind of one up in flames in front of you and then like audrey said then you have family members and friends that are impacted so then you're trying to help them settle their lives and get their lives straight 
So everything just kind of got pushed back. When you're battling insurance for months on end, um, they're telling you you're not going to get any money for anything, and you just don't know where you're going to end up. So it was like six months of not knowing if we were yeah. just going to get nothing or if we were going to get any relief, you know. Now, I hate when people say this in hindsight, when they're like, you know what, your obstacles will make you tougher. I hate when people say it because it's like, shut up, yeah, you know? <laughs> but but in hindsight, are you guys like, all right, we already went through that, so there's, we can easily open a business now. Abs- oh. Yeah, I think, go ahead. I think absolutely. I mean, um, for me, I had another thing I had to, to deal with. Two days after the house burned down, my mother passed away. Oh. So I had to deal with the house and then losing my mother. And in hindsight, you can say stuff makes you tougher and makes you realize that you can do things 100% right. Like there was no way that we wouldn't be able to do this with what we went through at that point with the house and then losing my mom. Are you guys believers in destiny? I am now. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I am. Like in retrospect, like mentally you guys are like kind of hardened at this point, right? You're like, all right, listen, we've kind of already weathered the storm. Like this is just trivial, whatever we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. yeah. 100% agree. I agree. I think it's a business, but if it something happens and it goes down, it's nothing that we can't handle or any before. obstacles with the business or trying to get it to function and, you know, coming up with new ideas. It isn't anything that we can't. Things we went through with Audrey losing her, her dad, she didn't mention it, but we were on our anniversary trip when we lost her dad, so we weren't even here. Like, having to come back for that is, that's brutal. You know, you're always supposed to be having fun, and it's that takes you down and takes a toll. There isn't anything that this place can throw at us that we can't overcome. There's just no way. And I think when I think about it, it's not just us. It's everybody has to go through death and these experiences, but there's ways that you can prevent it. And I think after my father, it was like, you know what, like, you got to do something to help people realize, like, there's more. You know, you, you can't wait till your time's up to actually make a change and that's kind of like for me it's like do something you know everybody comes in here and they have you know they they want help and stuff but it's like you want to tell them like do you really want the help then bring it like do it do it yeah like don't do it for yourself but also for your family like if you have kids like what good are you if you're not healthy you know it's and my father he was deathly afraid of death like he didn't want to die never wanted to die you know but at the same time it was like come on dad (laughs) did when he was passing was he aware that it was because of his diet his dietary the way he treated himself over the years or yes so he was aware of his health problems but he fell into that whole um those bad habits of not wanting to break it and so it just I, i think it just caught up to him and he was very set in his ways. Stubborn. Very stubborn, you know. And and it's hard when you have to watch, like, for me, experiencing death for the first time was with his father. And his dad, same thing. He had a pacemaker, but it was a long, painful, sad, you know, watching somebody in the hospital kind of death. And these things could, in a sense, be prevented if... See, you guys know, though, now, like, your job now is to rewire people's habits. And so when you get 30 or 40 years deep on a habit, 
mentally and sign like biologically it's really hard to switch that mm-hmm. would you guys agree oh, 100 100 so when you guys deal with clients now are you are you more excited when it's someone who's a little bit younger because you can start developing habits for them earlier or do you work with a the smorgasbord of people um so not necessarily i mean we came up with more of a we do it in a sense baby steps like we make it realistic to their life let's actually let's just peel it back a little bit can you just explain the process of how chained evolution works from point a to point b because this is like the only place that you step on the scan and then we develop the plan I can, yeah. So basically the the plan that we have here is when everyone comes in and they're looking for help or to get on a program, the first thing we do is we put them on the in-body 570, like you mentioned, the scan. It gives us their muscle, water, and fat breakdown. It gives us their muscle breakdown by limb. It gives us their visceral fat, which is the fat that people store in their lower abdomen, which is really critical because the more visceral fat they have, they could be, they could have hypertension, diabetes, or heart disease. It's just like a precursor. Visceral so is on. Visceral fat is a fat that we store in our lower abdomens. It kind of surrounds the organs. You yeah. So Lexi, you, you have your it. scan on you? How, how do you do on visceral? <laughs> I just want to, as Lexi's pulling this up, I just want it to be known that I came in this place with record set in numbers, okay? <laughs> Body fat, when I came in here and did the 3%, Charles looked at me and he was like, dude, do you feel okay? Because <laughs> there is a point where it's too low. You know, your I'm, body well, needs I, fat. I mean, you guys got to understand I'm an extremist. <laughs> I, okay, so so how did Lexi do? So Lexi's visceral? visceral fat is at four, which is perfect. Like, we really want to see people, we target five or six is what we really want to see people at. So the number on there, 10, is the the quote-unquote danger number where we really have to start looking at diet and when they're fueling and how they're fueling their bodies that's the number that would tell us about the hypertension diabetes or heart disease that they could get it at 10 or higher so we tell people that they want to be around five or six okay i was at one so what does that mean for me it means nothing means you're great (laughs) good stuff okay cool yeah the three percent overall body fat is concerning because if you get sick you know, you don't have the fat in your body. To Dude, help. I'm an alpha male. Fat, I know. All right. <laughs> um, so then once once yeah, we do that, the other um, real helpful information that gives us is basal metabolic rate. So basal metabolic rate is a person's base calorie burn for survival. It's your maintenance. You, right. It's what your body's going to consume if you did absolutely nothing. If you sat and watched Netflix all laid day. Laid in bed and channel surfed what, all day What long. are your maintenance calories? Um, my maintenance calories is just shy of 1,800. It's like 1,797. What, what is yours, Audrey? Um, I think it's about 1,250. Okay. Yeah. So we, it's good for that number because we need to know their base rate, and then we take in whatever their activity level is. Let's say their activity level, their activity level through the whole day is 600 calories, and we'll stay with 1,200 just to make it easy. So then their quote-unquote maintenance calories would be 1,800. If they were trying to lose weight, we would scale back from the 1800 number, not a crazy amount, maybe 75 or 100 calories, just to see how their body reacts. And then also everything we do is based on macros. So we set up like protein intake, whether, you know, percentage wise, whether it's like a 40, 30, 30, which would be 40% of your calories come from protein, 30% come from carbs, and 30% come from fat. What are you doing for macros play right now? Um, My macros are 40, 30, 30. So I do 40 protein, 30 carbs, and 30 fat. See, I got to be honest with you, we have different body types. I'd technically be like an ectomorph, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, I've been having trouble. I'm like, all right, I want to go really high protein and see how I can maintain my low body fat, see if it helps. 
I've been having a really hard time digesting all the protein. I'm, I'm trying to go like 45% protein. Yeah. How would you switch it up in my case, in my scenario? Should I go higher in carb or? Well, if, if you're trying to add muscle mass, you do want to increase, you know, your protein intake. But, but I, you'd I probably, cannot, there's been nights where I literally can't sleep. So the same thing on the other side of that is you probably have to increase your calories. So a lot of people don't get that. They're like, well, I want to put on muscle mass. I'm just going to pound protein and take away from carbohydrates. Two things, your body needs carbohydrates because it needs that to shuttle the proteins around. And it needs it for an immediate energy source. You don't want your body using muscle tissue for, for energy. So you'd probably start by increasing your calories and then still staying with a 40, 30, 30, but maybe eating 100 or so, 150 calories more than where you are now to add muscle mass. Well, my big problem right now is my meal window. It's yep. so small. Yep. See, I got to be honest, when you were talking about like a 14-hour fast before, yeah. I was thinking to myself, that sounds awesome. Because <laughs> I normally do about 20 hours. Yeah. And so I have put myself in a situation where I have to slam all 2,800 to 3,000 calories in the four-hour window. And it's really, yeah. It's, it's honestly almost bad for me. Yeah. So I would play with it and scale it down, like do like 14 hours maybe and see how that works because that that's long because you you think about it then some of those hours you're sleeping so it's not it's not that bad but to cram that amount of food in such a short window it's your body can't digest it all then you have kind of food sitting on top of food in your stomach you're stretching your stomach there's a lot of things that you'd be you know that you're doing when you try to cram that in so i would maybe scale back and try to do like 16 instead of instead of 20 i for me honestly i'd go down to 14 and see how your body likes it. Like everything's going to have to, and same thing we tell everyone that comes in, like everyone's body type, like you said, body types are different. So we tell people like to experiment, like, okay, let's try to do 16. And then, you know, they come in in two weeks and do a scan and we see if their body, see if their body likes it. And that's the biggest thing with the scan is, is the tool is because it tells us how their body reacts. Most people don't have that. They just get on a scale and look at weight and you can't do anything with just looking at weight. Now, Audrey, do, do you ever fast? Um, Yes, so I've done intermittent fasting, and it helps, but I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, Why, you just like, you like eating? or? I, so breakfast, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Yeah. So the minute I wake up, I'm just, I'm ready to just scarf down a ton of food. What was breakfast today for you? Uh, I was bad, because it's <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, three French toast, scrambled eggs, and um, black iced coffee. No, so it wasn't you, too bad. Do you, tra- <laughs> do you track calories? Um, I haven't recently, um, but I'm going to start going back to trying to follow my macros again. I, I, at this point in my life, I have a pretty good idea of what works for my body and what doesn't. I don't want to be too crazy and track every little thing. I just don't have time for that. But I do, if, if say I do oversleep because I didn't get much sleep, then I will do an intermittent fasting that day. So let's say tomorrow. Punish yourself a little bit. Yes. Or if I know I have a lot of meetings, then I just won't. I'll just go and do a 14-hour fast. So if I haven't eaten, I woke up at 6 in the morning, and it's now almost 11 a.m., I'll just keep on going. Mm-hmm. But I know black what coffee to, to blunt the appetite. Exactly. And just black coffee. I, I know a lot of people break their fast, and they don't realize they do. So I try to just keep it green tea or black coffee, and that's it. Now, have you guys ever heard of using apple cider vinegar to help digestion because i saw you had some products over here that i was taking a look at mm-hmm. can you guys give a kind of a quick little synopsis on how that works yeah um apple cider vinegar is really good i think everybody should take that that, that helps with um your entire body 
for digestion. What, what do you mean take it? Like you drink it? or Yeah, so you just take like a tablespoon. Or t- yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, some people actually mix it with um, water or try to get it a little bit less or even in juice or something. Uh, it's a it's a good thing to take. I would say for digestion, we a lot of us are taking that super green. Yeah, so, so there's oh. a big trend right now with greens. Like there's a have you ever heard of BPN Bear Performance Nutrition? Mm. It's this guy out of Texas, but he has this product called like Super Greens. Literally, what are these green supplements that everyone takes? So depending on which one it is, um, they they all have. So, for example, the one that we use that has a mix of all the essential antioxidant berries. It has over, I want to say, 40 different vegetables, um, kale, spinach, and green tea, natural caffeine. And what's the supposed benefit? So you get your complete daily um, intake of vegetables. And those kinds of things help slow your digestion, but it actually helps you digest, too. And that for a lot of people like us who don't have time to make greens and vegetables with our palate of food, that's just a great way to just take it in and get all of our nutrients and, and vitamins and things like yeah, that. that. That old adage that, you know, our parents used to say, you know, roughage salad is good for your digestive systems 100%, right? The greens just help slow down the, the process, but they also help keep everything, like, moving the way it should. Now, I think about this a lot. I have been with you guys because you guys are specialized in making sure that like the meals are good and you guys are eating correctly. But at the same time, you're entrepreneurs and we both understand time and opportunity costs. So has it been tough for you? And I mean, obviously, you're going to plug the meal prep company, but it's been tough for you to really like plan your meals out. And and you're also like surrounded by temptation in this place. (laughs) So how do you guys set your macros for the week or set your meal plan for the week? Um, for me, a little, a uh, little different. So, technically, the only day we have, o- I have off is Sunday, which is, you know, today. But it's never it's, really off. No, and that's my meal prep day. So I'll go grocery shop, I'll go home, and I'll cook for a couple hours and cook out for the whole, the whole week. And chicken that's how and I rice do it. Yeah, I, I usually do a few, few pounds of chicken. I do a pound of ground, uh, 99 percent lean, um, ground turkey, and I get uh, sweet potato and parboiled rice. And I'll cook that, and then I put it in little containers, and then I bring it in. And it's a lot. Like, there are days I don't want to do it, and there are weeks I run out. The weeks I run out, plug Phoenix Grill um, is a partner of ours. When I don't have food, I'll pull something out of the fr- you know refrigerator, buy it, and eat one of their meals to fill because their portions are pretty good. I can measure out the sweet potato, the asparagus, the chicken. Everything fits within my, within my macros. What about you, Audrey? Um... So <laughs> I go into, depending on my schedule, I try to meal prep for the rest of the week. It doesn't often happen, so I more than likely will just try to cook what I can that day. And I try not to do too much of the processed stuff, but for the Whole most... foods. Yes, yeah. I, I like to have, you know, my rice, my, my proteins, and, and those kinds of things. But I, it's easier when I'm going through my vegetarian phase because then it's easier because you're just really eating vegetables and it's a no-brainer for me (laughs) now i've been frequent with my diet at least i totally cut out anything i would consider a complex carb and so i actually haven't even ushered in rice into my diet whatsoever do you guys feel any sort of brain fog when you eat rice like do you have any insulin spike or 
what would how would you usher rice back into my diet in this case no go ahead oh, okay yeah. um i mean i would actually say are you totally is it just rice or would you have like, like sweet any, potato uh, or oh, things uh, like sweet potato daily Oh, okay. The goat. Sweet potato is the <laughs> goat. Yeah, it is. Whoa. Sweet potato fries are the best, too. All right. Can, so, I, can I actually kick you a little bit of game right now? Yeah. And I, this is a million dollars worth of game for everybody. <laughs> are you guys familiar with PB2? Yes. Yes. The goat, right? If you mix PB2 with a little bit of chocolate protein powder, obviously you guys have a plethora of it here, right? Yeah. Mix it with the, the protein powder and then put it in the freezer. Hold it there. Then go hit that sweet potato in the microwave for like five to six minutes, and then you actually dip the sweet potato in the PB2, smacking, oh, yeah. oh, okay, smacking. Awesome. There we go. That's a, that's like an that. idea. I gotta Dude. take that. Yeah. And mix yeah. a little cinnamon in there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was gonna say the that's cinnamon's brilliant. a must because the cinnamon I put on my my sweet potato too. I like, but the cinnamon's a must. I like yeah. It. I and and listen, if anyone's listening, that's copyrighted by gdp because <laughs> i can't I steal s- it because it's yeah. in the gdp crucifix program that's what i'm calling my diet <laughs> there you go go ahead um so the the question about the rice so i would i mean i'm a big fan of parboiled rice like what is par- that? so parboiled rice it's technically it's white rice but what it is is when they steam it they steam it in the shuck so all the nutrients from the shuck goes into the rice and they crack the shuck off and throw it away so it's really healthy nutrients wise and it's almost um the glycemic index is a little less than brown rice. So that insulin, what you talked about, so it's going to be really low. Brown rice would be really low, but it's a little bit um, higher glycemic index than parboiled rice, but it's still really healthy. It's not going to give you like a, a big rush, and the brown rice is um, a little less in nutrients than the parboiled rice. But the parboiled rice has got a weird flavor to it. I actually kind of like it. It's, I use it for the yeah, and Phoenix uses it in all their meals, so that's where I was turned on to it was their meals, and then I went out and bought my own parboiled rice yeah and i and i cook my own now and on the glycemic index what's a what's a high glycemic index carb probably 113 well like white like white like white bread like like would a regular mexican rice be high in the glycemic index it 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 yeah yeah it'd be higher depends on what they use for rice if they're using just white rice black black rice rice. black rice is really good purple rice i don't remember what it's called but purple purple (laughs) purple rice is really it's called called rice berry yeah Yeah. rice berry is really is really good for you sounds like some like teletubbies type yeah (laughs) (laughs) but just to a a chocolate protein powder on it right Uh, yeah exactly but that's really good but anything high glycemic you think of like anything that's processed like you know the white breads really white rice like that stuff is real high that's going to spike your insulin that stuff you don't you don't want to do you how want do you, something that's how do you measure digest. the glycemic index um so i actually don't know the exact measurements but we have this tool that we use not tool but um we printed out this paper so it gives us an idea of what every single thing it's like a whole list of all the different rices all the different pastries all the different breads and it shows us where what the number is on the glycemic index and it breaks it down so we understand what is a complex carb what's a simple carb and where they rate on that list i would love to see that yeah i'll give it to you on your way out okay yeah. sweet mm-hmm. um i just want to dial it back a little bit so you guys start with the scan you figure out exactly what's in people's body and then you figure out okay what are you trying to get done here yep. and, and so what you guys can't see on the camera or if you're listening you can't hear is we're in the supplement area here, which is awesome. The branding's on 100, but if you walk down the hallway here, they have in a live exercise room and a weight center. 
So do you personalize all of your clients here? You do personal sessions with them? Like, how does it work? So nothing is, we don't have one program that suits a whole group of people. See, I like Everything that. is just, yeah. So we have people that just come here for the meals and the meal plans. They just need help with nutrition. They need to, they, their body's fit. They just can't seem to get the nutrition part of it. Then we have somebody who maybe just had kids and they need the whole thing. They need dedicated training, they need the meal plan, um, and they need all of the machines to track it. So we really just base it on the in-body and the 3D results just to see, okay, what does this specific person need? Do they need to lose weight, gain weight, gain muscle? So that's why it, it really does vary. And so we would never say to somebody, this is our programs and you have to pick one of them. Yeah, it no. just has to make sense for them. Like. For example, for Lexi, we would put her on a totally different program than what we're normally putting a lot mm -hmm. of the clients that come in here for. So, Lexi, any questions right now, man? Yeah, do you want to go over uh, the specific training programs right now? Like, I know you guys teach separate classes. Like, can you go through like what exactly the classes are like, and like which ones are good for beginners, which ones are the hardest, which ones you think are the most fun? Lexi asked what you guys do just so we have it on audio Lexi said can you guys go over what you guys do for workout programs yeah so right? the yep yeah so the the classes that we offer it's a group or a small group strength and conditioning class and again we kept the space small which is something we looked at because we want to keep everything in, individualized so when it's free to open fully again you know the our class sizes would only be four or five people deep and that's so that the instructor so Charles can see each person and make sure that they're doing the the exercise correctly and then not you know hurting themselves as opposed to a big class where the person can kind of get lost uh, which class is the funnest I couldn't tell you because he changes them all the time so they're not all the same um, for me I like the the boxing class because I like that cardio and I like hitting things so the boxing class is fun but the group strength and conditioning class is really fun and it's for someone that has never done a class and for someone who always does classes so Charles is really good at modifying exercises with people say it's their first class and they say they're doing push-ups and they can't you can modify them and do them with your knees on the ground if you're doing high knees and you can't he'll just have you do like like steps so there isn't anything that in the class that you have to do if you physically can't and that's the whole idea of keeping it small is you can actually recognize that when you see the person well okay well they're having trouble with that so let me give them a modif you know modified version of the exercise so they still stay you know with the group yeah, we also um we, we do a lot of mind body training as well so that's kind of cool it keeps your brain fresh and it keeps you moving as well so those are also you, different things that we you guys know what that is mind body have you heard of that? It They're sounds holistic and hippie-like. It's almost yeah. like, picture Simon Says, but you're also working out at the yeah, same time. Like, so you, so, yeah, so like what Artie said, so think of Simon Says, so I'm going to give you an exercise. Let's say you have to do burpees, but I'm also going to flash a number in front of you that equals a number. You have to do the math that equals the number and then do, let's say it's eight and a burpee's eight. You have to do that exercise. And if a push-up is five and I flash five, then you have to do five so it's like a mind exercise as well so that's all about us about you know you need to exercise your whole body but you also need to exercise your mind so, it like so it's like a brain exercise yeah so I it's, mean, it's math, yeah it's, it's not just mass it's colors we have a full color ladder we have a step box so a color will flash on the screen and you have to do the exercise that's associated with that by like let's say running to the the color the color on the box and doing the exercise so there's a whole other thing we have a, a ipad that does that we have the stat the ladders the the box there's a whole other 
whole other portion to that that we do too. I think such the appeal of the business itself is that how personalized of an approach you guys take. And so obviously as business owners, you guys want to scale the business and make it bigger and make bigger bucks. Do you guys kind of worry about as the business grows, losing the personalized touch a little bit or? I mean, that's always going to be a fear for me. Um, reason being is it's hard to to formulate a great team that can, you, you have to make sure they believe in what you do and that you can pass on that passion and that drive. And so as we grow, I want to make sure that we always have the right team to continue to grow and represent us the right way. Um, we'll never be about selling and throwing people in contracts and making money. Like our thing will always be, you come here, you learn, you get fit, and you take what you learned here and you go at it like, and don't stop. Well, like, not to pin you here, but this was like something that when we were doing some research, we wanted to just discuss. Like you're so focused on holistic training, but some of these supplements can fuck your day up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so how do you guys gauge what supplements to sell? Like Bucked Up, for instance, like I'd probably have a seizure yeah. if I took that. <laughs> so a, a lot of the supplements, so Bucked Up, it, we'll talk about the, we can talk about the pre-gyms first. A lot of the stuff we guinea pigged ourselves with. What do you and mean see what you they, tried? We did almost everything that we sell to give like an honest, you know, opinion of what it did for us. But like everyone's body type is different. And when we sell something to someone, the first thing we ask them, especially if they're looking at a pre-gym, is what do you take now and do you take caffeine? And if they, when they answer those questions, then we figure out what they want to take. And then we always tell them to start with a half a scoop, and we always tell them what it did to us when we did it. So they ha kind of have an idea of what it's going to do to them. And we try to keep products that are, are really clean and healthy. Like if you look at the proteins we carry, Allmax and Nutribio, um, Nutribio, I know 100% can be used by NCAA athletes. Um, we use Bulletproof. Yeah, we use Bulletproof, which is super clean. But a lot of the stuff that we pick, we try to keep stuff that doesn't have any fillers in it. They're real high-quality proteins. And the vitamins and supplements and stuff, we try to just stay with stuff that's clean, you know, vegetable-based, that doesn't have a lot of hidden things in it, which a lot of places have. And How do you vet that, though? Uh, <coughs> How do you vet that it doesn't have anything hidden in it? Because you look at one of these labels and it's literally like a science problem. Yeah, it's a lot of the labels will do um, mixes, you know, so they still tell you what's in it. They just don't tell you the amount that's in it. And we have a few of those products. They're good products, but you just don't know. Again, Nutribio's full disclosure label. So everything that's in it is going to be on the label. And we try to read them as carefully as possible. Like people come in here all the time want us to sell their product first thing audrey says is send us samples we have to sample it first and look at it and i can let you into this after oh. this too is audrey's real big on and it's perfect is label reading nutritional label reading you want to read the label if it's got a thousand things on it you don't want it if it has things on it that you can't pronounce you really don't want it so we do a lot of label reading with everything that comes in or any vendor that comes in the store and wants us to carry a product if we don't know it if Charles doesn't know it, we Google it. We read about it. We find exactly what's in the product, what it's supposed to do to your body, what it's what it's going to do to you, and then that that's how we vet it. So you guys it. really vet it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't really say I um, honestly have tried all of the products here, but um, we do try to also cater to folks in the gym. So we are a supplement store, so there's a lot of products that I try to carry for certain customers. And so most of the, almost a lot of the stuff here that we brought in were, um, by request and so we you know at, 
to be completely truthful, we just try to maintain that market of a supplement store. So I was going to say, I mean, like C4 obviously isn't the best thing of all time for you. You know what I'm saying? But people love taking it. Right. So it's like you got to teeter that line between being like totally holistic, but at the same time being a capitalist. Exactly. Like we would never, at least, you know, our big thing is we, if somebody came in here, we would never tell them, hey, you should get some pre-workout. Like it would not be something we would try to sell somebody. If they came in and we were like, what are you looking for? Well, some protein. All right, well. But would you bring it up to them and be like, listen, you're going to take this. Might not be the best thing for you. Yeah, I mean, I always... I'm not shitting on supplements either because, like, right. I kind of want to, after this, like, mess around with some stuff maybe. <laughs> you guys have anything in here that, like, makes you feel like you have scared beetles coming through your skin? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, Beta the, Allen. The, almost the oh. <laughs> Say less. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's fun messing around with supplements when you get into it. Yeah. Because, like, you just show up to the gym, you're like, oh, my God, let's go. <laughs> Have you guys ever just like mixed a bunch of the stuff into one mixture? And oh my gosh! Let's Maybe do that. Charles. No. Yeah, no, I'm That'd afraid. I'm afraid to do that. Like, that's what we'll do for our next podcast. Yes. And we'll then do the podcast after we drink it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh! No, no, we'll just get us live in the gym. Then we'll show up here and <laughs> punching each other in the face. That'd be pretty great. What? So, what do you guys take right now? You were you went on some crazy tangent about like you take like sixty different things. Yeah, so my gym days consist of uh, all from Nutribio. So I do their super carb, which is just a flat hundred calories. It's twenty four carbohydrates. There's no insulin spike. It's a it's a mix of carbs. And then right before I go to the gym, probably twenty minutes or so, I take their pre extreme. During the workout, I drink their Intrablast, which is um, what a BCAA supplement. Yeah, it's a BCAA supplement. So it's it's got some. Uh, the vitamins and it's a vitamin i think it's b6 it's and it's got some energy support in it so it keeps me going through the workout yeah can you just can you give a quick synopsis of what a bcaa supplement is for anyone who doesn't know that's listening sure bcaa is a branch chain amino acid and basically what that does for your body is it stimulates lean muscle muscle repair muscle growth um, it helps combat um, fatigue and muscle breakdown so it's why it's in my opinion i think it's a good thing to take when you're exercising, depending on your workout, if your workouts are really strenuous, you want to take that to help, you know, combat some of the muscle breakdown. Because really, when you exercise, all you're doing is breaking and tearing muscle tissue. And you want to try to combat that, that as much as you can. With a BCAA, your body's going to start that healing process and repair process actually while you're working out. And okay, so you, you take the BCAA and you also take? Yeah, I take an alpha EAA, which has coconut water in it. And I take that right after for me. I like that because it's a good hydration for my my post-workout. I want to put back in, you know, all the, the hydration, all the water that I've used um, during my workout. And then I have a um, Nutribio shake, like whey protein shake, probably 20 minutes after that. Do you feel the brain fog when you take the whey protein isolate? No. Because I've been drinking a, a certain protein and I feel like totally lose focus instantly. Is yeah. there any specific supplement I could take for a post-workout where I, like, never really get the crash? Because there's a huge insulin spike with whey protein. Well, it, it depends on which which one you're taking, and it could be it what you're... T- yeah. If I, think it's it's a, I think it has isolate and concentrate in it. Yeah, so if... Be yeah, you want to just do just an, an isolate. The difference between an isolate and then just, like, say, like a whey or a casein is a casein in a way is... Casein's real time release, like eight hours. You really want to take that before you go to bed. A whey is just a slower breakdown, so that might be 
uh, brain fog is because you're trying to put back in carbohydrates or glycogen and your body's not getting it from that. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to get brain fog. And then an isolate is almost like an immediate absorption right into your body. It's just broken down as soon as your body body gets it. And that's why we, when people ask us about taking like something right after the gym, we always want them to take like an isolate. We want everyone to eat food. We tell them they can do that after, but really like optimal is within a 30 minute window is have like an isolate. See, I have a little bit of a, and I'll ask you, Audrey, about your supplement intake too, but I fast so long. So I'll work out and then I'll put nothing in my body for like six hours. After? Yes, sir. So that's, like, like today, yeah. like I hit 75 minutes of cardio and I hit 20 minutes in the sauna. Yeah. And I won't, I'll eat in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I'm an alpha male. Yeah. Even over this. <laughs> so part of that too is your, your fat. I'm adapted your, to it though. Somewhat. Yeah. Your body in your body fat is so low, but really your, your body needs fat too. And that helps with brain fog. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big thing. I'll let Audrey talk about bulletproof and how that helps with brain fog because you know, that, that's what their um, MCT oil does. Yeah, go ahead. I was just trying to get you to put the mic I, kn- I know, I won't hold I'm sorry, people. I'm not used to holding <laughs> a microphone because I'm not holding it close to my mouth. I apologize. No, all right, we can just adjust the levels in post, yeah. right? No. Um, real quick, Audrey, I think this would probably be your specialty. If someone wants to be like, have their brain most optimal all day long, what supplements would you give to them? Do you do nootropics? And can you explain what nootropics are? Um, so I would probably say, well, for me, I like to take the Brain Octane, which is a bulletproof um, MCT oil. So that's actually your, there's a lot of different kinds of MCTs out there, but one of those things um, are, there's caprylic acid and there's um, C8, C10, and Brain Octane actually has the most purest of the C8s in there. So that helps with energy um uh, increasing your ketone levels and ha- helping with fat burning and all of that stuff. So it really helps in terms of focusing and, and those kinds of things. We both have been probably taking it for well over, five. yeah, at least five, six years. Six you guys take years. this brain octane every day? Every morning. Yeah. I mean, I, I really? switch between that and XCT oil, um, but brain octane is, is amazing. If you actually look at what Dave Asprey and I know all of them have done with Bulletproof. It's it's all natural. It's good stuff. Now, do you feel a reliance on it at this point? or? No. I mean, I just do it for the health benefits yeah. in my eyes. But, yeah. like, if you don't take it, are you st- can you still focus okay? Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been okay. Like, if I miss it, like, if I run out and forget, I don't have it at the house and I have to wait till I get here. I did that this week. I was fine. Like, I woke up and I was still functioning. I was... You know, it's not like I become dependent on it. It's just a real good health benefit to take. Sweet. Hey, Lexi, do you have any questions, ma'am? Yeah, I wanted to ask something we were talking about in research is the idea of orthorexia, if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, Orthorexia is basically an eating disorder that stems from the very skewed self-image of yourself that makes Uh. you want to work out all the time and not eat anything. So it's a form of an eating disorder. I wanted to know if you guys run into that at all while you're training people and how you would go about kind of helping someone get through that. Real quick, just so we have an yeah. audio. Lexi asked about orthorexia and your thoughts on orthorexia. And orthorexia is, it's like the di- eating disorder where you work out too much and you eat too healthy. It's the obsession with being too healthy. Yeah. You should be able to answer that. <laughs> um, we haven't really <laughs> had anyone come in with that 
with that problem where they want to staring at him, man. Work, <laughs> well, work out all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the you know, if I had to deal with that question from someone that came in, the best thing is you always want to preach to someone. You can pretty much eat anything that you want within moderation. Like there isn't. Oh, come on. Man. Yeah, you can. You don't. You don't have to go crazy and eat clean five meals a day, seven days a week. It's actually borderline not healthy for your body like there are things that your body needs like you need x amount of fats you need saturated you need some of that in your body like in your body for it to function properly and we just tell people and that's same thing with our meal plans if you look at our meal plans it's pretty much what people would eat on a day-to-day basis it's just basically we're teaching people portion control so be the same thing and cut all the bullshit yeah and let them you know let them understand that you don't have to eat that clean to be healthy like you need to have a quote-unquote like cheat day um, some of the guys here on Friday nights, they go to five burgers and, and get burgers and fries and stuff. Yeah, five guys, five burgers. Do you like they five go. guys, Audrey? Uh, no, because I don't eat beef. Yeah, oh, me, don't. yeah <laughs> me, me neither, so I don't, I don't know. But Do you eat dairy? Not really. No. Me neither. Well, except the way. Yeah. You, you do it yeah, the way, though, the way, right? right? Yeah, just, just way, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to try to get them to understand that, you know, what they're doing is healthy, but you can go too far. You can be an extremist with anything. You can be too healthy and that wouldn't be something that's really healthy for their body. And we could probably show them on the scanner that what they're doing internally to their body isn't the best thing to do to their body, which is why that machine is so important for us. And it's really like changing their mindset as well, getting them to see, to break those kinds of habits. And um, I'm gonna use you as as an example because I thought you were gonna use yourself, but. So Mike happens to be very, 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 Strict. <laughs> strict with his nutrition me as well yes and it took years for him to ever implement carbs into his diet because he's always thinking if he eats too much of carbs or this or that so the way he used to eat was probably very unhealthy um, and it took I mean maybe you should really talk about <laughs> got you to change yeah so so you're an orthorexic man yeah so he I was, was I yeah I was def- I was what def- you say like hey you got to try some French toast oh it yeah. wasn't gonna work I was yeah, like no. this guy's out of the door <laughs> I was uh deathly afraid of carbohydrates like I, I didn't want to eat carbs I only wanted to eat you know meat and plants. Uh, plants and I know plants are carbohydrates but I still kept them really low most of my intake was from supplements I ate a lot of bars I drank a lot of shakes I didn't really I really I really didn't eat real food I I think I ate real food once a day and at some point like you know we opened the business and I I did a scan and you know I looked at what my body was doing and I I'm like all right well maybe I should incorporate carbohydrates maybe I should start you know changing the way that I eat the way that I'm treating my body like I looked good actually looked better now I mean I looked good then but what I was doing internally just wasn't wasn't working like I had I was storing a lot of fat like I was losing muscle tissue because I just didn't have you know the calories or the carbohydrates yeah my nutrition was way off so then I changed it and sometimes you need like Charles and yeah kind of mention that to you right yeah and you know again like you know Charles was great I would pick his brain um we had another employee here Joe I used to pick his brain all the time too and stuff that I wanted I wanted to do this is what these guys do for a living like you know it's not, I'm not a nutrition person. That's that's them, and I would always run stuff by them and get ideas. And it's it made me change the way that that I ate. My workouts are still the same, but I look better now. My inside, my body, my fat, my muscle. I'm probably ten times healthier now than I was before, and I was eating completely wrong before. And I would well, take you no like off look days. At carbs now? Are you still like 
you're the devil. No, I want them now. I'm like, hey, man, I got to have carbs. Yeah, where's my rice? Where's my potatoes? Like, I have, like, healthy wraps. Like, I have wraps. I, I eat all that stuff. I, I look for them now. Yeah. No, I just didn't want to get fat, and I always associated um, uh, carbohydrates. Lexi just asked, "What caused the fear of carbs?" Um, getting fat, like losing my six-pack, losing my abs. Like I was deathly afraid of carbohydrates. I always associated carbohydrates with with gaining weight, and it's completely wrong. Like, and I know there are a lot of people that still think that, and they're afraid of carbohydrates. The hell, they, they come in here. Well, I've it's talked keto. to people. Yeah, I've talked to people about it. I'm like you. You actually want carbohydrates in your body. It helps shuttle proteins around. You, you need it for your body to function correctly, and you need it for an energy source. Like, you don't want, you know, your body to eat muscle tissue for energy. Like, muscle takes more calories, more oxygen, more blood to sustain than fat does. So if you're really active and you're exercising and you're not having carbohydrates, your body's going to eat muscle tissue and store fat. Like, that's just the way it works. Um, okay. I just want to reel it back to Audrey real quick. Um, and then Lexi will open up for questions from Brendan and Slugs, whatever. Um, so if you and I are in some boss talk, right? Mm-hmm. In like five, ten years, right? Where would you like Chained Evolution to be at? Like what's the vision? Where do you want to take it? Um, I would love to take it nationally, hopefully globally. I want what we do to be available to everyone like in all the states around the country I see um, I'm half Thai so when I go to Thailand I see it's it's very sugar based <laughs> so I and the supplements that they sell out there or that they take is just not garbage. good very huge garbage um, so it would be great to be able to help other countries and states who rely on fried food and heavy oil those kinds of things and actually have a place like this where we can in a sense, expose all of those marketing schemes and let people know, like, this is real food and don't fall into this. You know, it's, it's all about marketing, showing people how to read the back of a label, letting them know that when it says on a, you know, little mini muffins made with real blueberries, that only one blueberry needs to be on that muffin to actually say made with real blueberries. You know? <laughs> so little things like that, just, you know, would love to just take it all the way if I could what about opening up another spot in Boston is that on your radar at all or yeah yeah I mean that's that's the plan that's is, is to that try to like is that a short-term goal for you guys I understand that COVID probably messed some stuff up for you but yeah I mean right now we're trying to perfect uh, what we have at the moment and once we have you know once we know exactly what it should be because we are still fairly new and our customers are actually the huge um, huge reason of us knowing what works and what doesn't work and once we actually know probably I would say another year uh, what we should keep and what we should remove that will allow us to really open up another business and keep on going from there you guys are patient as hell man (laughs) I can't even think about what a year from now looks like for me Um, Lexi Whose question is that? That would be Riley. Riley said thoughts on veganism. So vegan, I, I, for me, I think it's beneficial. I go, I'm almost always vegetarian. I own, but at the same time, 
I do that every six months, and then I only eat seafood and fish. Vegan is very hard to do. It's a great, it's great for people who are able to do it. I would, I support it. Um, if you were to ask the guys, they wouldn't support it because they feel that real meat and seafood and fish and stuff like that you do need in your body to gain muscle. I. I disagree on that because when I competed in a show, I did that completely vegetarian. Um, I did eat, drink protein shakes, but that was really the only sheet that I did. But I didn't have any kind of meats, fish, or anything, and I think that was, I was in the best shape of my life. So for people who think that you can't gain muscle and make it through as a vegan, I, I disagree. But if you were to did ask you Charles- Did you Game Changers? I did, I did. Yeah, and that was a great documentary. It was great. Yeah, and you, you were pissed about it. No, it's him and Charles—they're <laughs> different. Yeah, it's, it's it's not that I was pissed about it, but it's almost like every documentary that's out there on yeah, nutrition or food—you're only going to take bits and pieces of it away from it. None of that stuff is a hundred percent true. Um, you know about the the fat in the blood after they gave the guys the meat. Well, what kind of cut of meat did they give them? They didn't tell them. Yeah. If you know, if they give them a high fat meat, of course they're going to have a high, high fat in their blood count. But it, it still is really good. It, it was a lot of good information in it. Like, it, don't take anything away from it. But it's just every documentaries, whoever makes it, they're going to push it to their side as opposed to the other side. So you always have to take bits and pieces from everything and kind of come up with your own, you know, um, opinion mm-hmm. of it. And for veganism, for me, like I, I did it for six months. I went vegetarian for six months. You were so bored. I'll right? be, I'll be honest. Like I felt in the best shape, physical shape. I felt lighter in my entire life. Like my belly felt completely different, but I lost muscle tissue. And you were pissed. Yeah. And it's because it's really difficult to build muscle tissue on vegan or vegetarian because plant-based protein is very different than whey isolate or protein from meat. Do you carry a plant-based here? Do you carry we do. protein or yep, cocoa we do. protein? Yep, we do. But it's still really good and if, you know, if it works for them, like it's great. It's very good to do that way because your body's going to be really clean. It's just very difficult to build muscle tissue that way. So it depends on their goal. If they're just, you know, if they want, if they're a runner or they want to do stuff out exercising, uh, vegans have a tendency, they have to eat a lot of carbohydrates because they need that for energy source. So running and stuff like that's great. It's if you're trying to be a bodybuilder, like physical size, I don't think it would work. Next. Brendan wants to know, you're training someone really advanced and you notice they're taking steroids. How do you navigate that as a personal trainer? You guys had anyone, <laughs> Lexi asked, a client comes in that's taking roids openly. What are you guys doing in that situation? These are other producers, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's uh, We would advise them that they probably don't need it. Um, your body creates testosterone, and you don't really need to take it. Even at an older age, you get that stuff from food, you know, your diet. You can supplement it with that stuff instead of taking, you know, steroids to each their own really I mean it's something that we frown upon like we wouldn't tell someone to do it like I've never done it like Charles has never done it it's just we would just advise them it's not the best thing for their body and explain to them how it's breaking their body down how it's making organs grow sizes too big and what the long-term problem would be with if they continued to take it and then it's up to them like again you know it's it's their body we can tell them hey it's not good for x reason or it's good for x reason whether they decide to take that advice and use it is completely up to them 
What about you, Audrey? Um, yeah, I would say the same thing. I would try to come up with a, I think a lot of people need to see to believe, and we would have to show them different exercises and examples of that. They don't need that steroids to continue to maintain or get to where they are. You know, I mean, it will be tough, but it's something that we don't want them to continue to do, but we're not going to push it and say, you know, you can't train here if you need that kind of guidance. Uh, one final question, then we'll do sales mode and wrap sure. it on up. Slugs wants to know, post-COVID, how do you think gyms and training will look? Huh. Post-COVID, how do gyms and training look? Pretty much probably the way it looks now. I don't think it's really going to skew too far from uh, masks and you know constant cleaning and personal training with us here it's it's probably going to be the same thing you know you're going to have to wear a mask I think at some point they'll relax with the six foot rule because it's really hard to train somebody yeah. to be six feet away I mean I can't have a, a, a client in here training and, and trying to push them to grow to grow muscle and not be able to help them or spot them with the weight like to to be six feet away is going to be very difficult so i think that'll change the gym atmosphere like at least what i've seen um the temperature taking that that at some point will probably subside but i think the the cleanliness and maybe the masks will stay training programs will become a lot more popular i think a lot of folks have found ways to work out at home and so i think that's going to be huge difference just like a lot of people will be working from home i think a lot of people are going to start working out from home. Do you think the in-home training sessions are as valuable as going to like a studio or a fitness center? I do, but also it's going to depend on what you have available. Um, You're not going to, you know, you don't have a squat rack, so obviously you won't be able to squat as much as you would if you were to do it at home. So it will make... at home too. You get so bored. Yeah, Yeah, and and it kind of like boils down to the individual too like if they're a self-motivator can they motivate themselves can they push themselves on their own um if not no and it's those are unique individuals and, and i'll use myself like i can motivate myself anywhere to do anything and even during covid just working out here in our gym i found days that it was very difficult for me to work out just because of atmosphere like for me gym's an atmosphere it's like a work release it's like i get away it's therapeutic and even there are days here where it's I'm in a room by myself. I got my earbuds in. I found days I could, it was really difficult for Dude, me to work out. Just come and grab a pre-workout and like yeah, get high stack, stack something to get yeah. myself flying. But um, it's going to be a, an individual that would be able to do it all the time from home. Partial would be great because you can't always get away. Sometimes maybe it's a mom and she has kids and she can't find a sitter for an hour and she has to work out from home. Great, that's fantastic. But. It's, it'd be difficult, but it really depends on the individual and, and what their individual goals are. Any final questions? Okay, so listen, we've never done this live, but we have a final bit called sales mode. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna grab my phone and I'm gonna take out the timer and I'm gonna time 40 seconds out. And you guys are gonna have 40 seconds to plug your business in any way you want. And so we'll cut you up a clip. That way you guys can go total promo mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but at 40 seconds, I'm going to give you a hard stop. Okay. Does that work? That's all you. One sec. I'll tell you when. Hey, did you guys have fun? We yeah. had a blast. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I had a blast. It was awesome. 
I'm feeling the effects of the sauna right now, though. Whoa. <laughs> Three, two, one, sales mode, go! Chain Devolution, 502 Main Street, Waltham, Mass. Come in and see us. We're here for educational purposes. We do meal planning, nutritional guidance, in-body scans, personal training, one-on-one boxing classes, small group classes, and soon... Uh, bar classes. We have supplements. We have all the vitamins you want. Uh, branch chain amino acids, pre gyms. Um, biggest thing about Chain Evolution that makes us different is we're strictly an educational tool. Uh, we're huge with the community. We love for people to come in and talk to us. Just bounce ideas off us. Uh, companies we work with: Phoenix Grill, also Waltham, and Clean Eats is the meal programs that we use. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm waiting for the <laughs> I'm waiting for the hard stop. Uh, I'll give you a quick plug too. Listen, I've enjoyed my time every time I've been here. Thanks. You guys Thank are you. extremely nice and welcoming here. The customer service experience, this customer s- service experience. Is it customer service? Well, I'm losing it. You gotta Cut eat, the, man. Yeah, you gotta eat. I'm with you. That brain fog, baby. <laughs> the customer service experience here is incredible. The aesthetic is really nice, and. I feel like an alpha male every time as I walk in, as we've talked about, <laughs> and I'm really interested to see what you guys have for samples after this, because the last samples you gave me were crazy. Do you guys have any baggies in the back? We do. Oh, yeah. Let's go. For you, yeah. we got it. We always got them. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Lexi, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you. It's going to be a little longer to edit. Is that cool? Okay, cool. Listen, that's how we start and end the show. I mean, you've been listening to some episodes, you know, right? <laughs> you got to say hi, your name. Pass it off. I'm Mike Madri from Chain Evolution. And this is my golden hour. Directly after no break, hi, your names. And that was our golden hour. So it's this is and it's that was. And I'm not going to tell you again. Don't mess up. Hi, this is Audrey from Chain Evolution. And this is my golden hour. Hi, this is Michael Centaro. This is Chain Evolution. And this was my golden hour. Nope. Mike blew it. This is... That was. Hi, this is Michael Centaro, Chained Evolution. This is the Golden Hour. Oh, Mike. That was. This This is my Golden Hour. My name. All right, let's let's run it back. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're editing it. Hi. We're not editing it. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. I can't listen. Yeah. Hi. I'm Mike from Chained Evolution. And this is my Golden Hour. Then you're going to take a break, right? Audrey already took a break. She's breaking right now. Hi, I'm Mike from Chain Evolution, and that was my golden hour. Because there's this is at the front, and that was in the second part. Hi, this is Michael Centaro at Chain Evolution. This is my golden hour. Hi, this is Michael Centaro, Chained Evolution. That was my golden hour. Dang, Audrey, you got to do your second part. Hi, this is Audrey, and I'm from Chained Evolution, and that was my golden hour. Well executed, family. Great work. Ready? You want to hit the camera? Uh, Bang. Hey, thank you guys so much, oh man. Thank you, man. Oh that was so, thank so you great. So much, Connor. Thank you very much. Awesome, thank man. you, Lexi.